Welcome to Leaders in Focus, where today we're joined by Amazon Prime Video's European Sports Chief, Alex Green. He'll be reflecting on five years of broadcasting the Premier League. And we started to see these comments, yeah, I really like this, you know, Amazon is showing this, way, you know, and we started to yeah, we, we're actually, this is working, this is working, it's a fabulous feeling. He'll be talking tactics around the negotiating table. This is not about staring down contests or about smoky rooms. And he'll also be giving us his big ticket items for 2024. The biggest thing happening in my world will be the launch of our Champions League service in the UK. Alex, uh, welcome. Uh, Thank thanks you. for joining us. Um, right back from the US from yep. last week, Black Friday games, the NFL for the first time ever. What is your view of how that went and, and how Black Friday played into it all? Well, it was, a, it was a privilege to be there Thanksgiving weekend in New York to watch the, the Jets against the Dolphins and uh, to see our own production. It was actually the first time I'd seen one of our own NFL productions, so it was a great eye-opener for, for me. Seeing the scale of operation was impressive. The, the size of the trucks, the number of people, the, the sheer infrastructure around broadcasting an NFL game is, uh, you know, is, is, is awesome. And uh, yeah, the whole production took on an extra dimension. I mean, I could see we were in the, the parking lots and there was a lot of turkey and, you know, tailgate action, as they say. So we made it into a big thing. And um, I hope and I'm sure the, the team out there who are running it uh, really want this now to become uh, an annual tradition in the US. We're now into the second year, actually, of it. And I, I think they are absolutely thrilled with how it's going. I mean, the audiences seem to keep growing. Uh, year on year. The familiarity with uh, Thursday Night Football being on Amazon uh, just grows. I also believe the audience are, the audiences are younger on average than the sort of traditional NFL viewing audience. So yeah, in general, I think the whole company is, is super happy with how it's gone and very excited for the next uh, 10 years or so. Um, it's, a long, it's, it's a long deal. Shifting uh, over to the UK in the Premier League, we're about to kick off uh, sitting here in the first week of December. We've got Amazon Games this week. Yep. How has it gone so far and what were the, what were the original aims? The, this has been an amazing uh, partnership for us, a, a really great event that way back in 2019 was a, a, a kind of a, a turning point um, for, for Amazon in terms of how we understood about sport and what it could do for, for Prime, um, how we could deliver it really well for, uh, for viewers. I think it's fair to say there were a lot of nerves, there was a lot of caution when we first did it. It was really the first time that a major, major uh, top-tier football property had been shown exclusively on, on a streaming service. So it was a big test uh, for the company, you know, both from a customer and a viewer perspective in terms of showing a full fixture round, which was a new thing, um, and people loved that. They loved the flexibility, flicking from one game to another, you know, the production values we, we put into it. And also, actually, from a business perspective, it was uh, tremendously successful. It was the biggest acquisition of, of prime members um, events that we'd ever had in the UK. And it really provided the, the foundation then for going on to invest significantly more in, in major tentpole sports uh, around the world. What's it like as a leader in an organisation, in a broadcast organisation that takes tentpole rights in a, in a country, 
and inevitably the marketing around that is going to be about bigger, bolder, better. It always happens, right, when a broadcaster changes. But you've just mentioned nerves within the organisation, a sense of like, you know, this is a big challenge from a streaming perspective. We don't want to mess it up. How do you balance those two things? Yeah, I'm not sure our approach was going bigger and bolder. I think we've always had, actually, believe it or not, quite a humble approach to, to the way that we we broadcast sport and, and how we want to deliver. We never really wanted our brand to get in the way. We, we wanted um, really to bring viewers as close to the action as possible. That was always the objective and, and remains so. I mean, I remember, I think, on the, the, the midnight of the first midweek game, the equivalent of this Wednesday, we had both the Merseyside derby and Man United against Tottenham. You know, two big games to, to stream simultaneously. And, uh, and a bunch of other games as well that evening. And we, we carried it off. It just proved to ourselves and the industry that these major events can be delivered through streaming services. Um, and also that we can offer some additional benefits, you know, the flexibility of watching on any device, the actual streaming quality itself that we continue to work at behind the scenes, some little features that we introduced that went down very well. And as I say, the tone, the, the feel of our production as well, being very pitch side, being very interactive, very close to the action, um, very engaging. That was all, um, you know, part of our approach, and uh, and yeah, it went down well. When we're looking at that sort of Amazon production and and the points of difference, we've got six of the ten games from this sort of first round of December games played concurrently. Yeah. How are your team working to deliver that to fans in a, in a way that enhances the viewing experience or in a way that's mm. seamless? Yeah, we do. And uh, the good thing is that we are now into the fifth year. So um, we, uh, we are confident in how we do it. And that allows us to, um, to continue to try new things. Um, I mean, for example, last year we brought um, two managers together who sort of uh, interviewed each other, uh, which was fun. And we're joined for the start by not one, but two of the managers tonight, Thomas Frank and Graham Potter. Lovely to see all of you. We'll Thomas, continue to try new things because we have that level of confidence, I think, now that the basic streaming service will, will work. We've introduced, we, we've introduced innovations along the way, things like um, Stadium FX, where you can actually take away the commentary and just listen to the stadium atmosphere. We have um, our X-ray service, which allows uh, real-time stats um, and highlights uh, from the match. We've actually recently re uh, introduced a service called Rapid Recap, uh, which we've introduced on our Champions League football which allows, uh, if, if you're coming in late to a game, you can immediately catch up on um, big moments that have happened during the game. And by the way, that's all driven by AI, by machine learning. So it doesn't need manual intervention, it's just generated. So we'll continue to innovate, um, both within the production and with our features. But at the heart of it really is, um, as I say, getting people close to the action and providing it in supremely high quality in terms of the picture, the sound, the latency, by the way, as well, which is something that we are improving all the time. We're very proud, actually. We now can offer ultra-low latency on, a, on a, a whole range of devices, less than 10 seconds from stadium to screen, which for streaming always used to be much more of a challenge, but now we feel we're, we're making huge progress uh, in that. When you talk about those innovations, I mean, how would you say you're finding that these are received? Because they all sound fantastic and brilliant new ways to develop things, but we know that football fans and sports fans can be quite traditionalist if something changes, all of a sudden I want it the way it used to be. How are you finding that's received? 
Look, from, from day one, actually, our Premier League coverage has, has been received really well. Um, I, it was pretty amazing on social media how well people responded, um, not only to the, um, the concept of a full fixture round, but also to how we were delivering that. And um, I think one of the main sentiments you would have seen on social was, look, I wish Amazon could, could have more, uh, could offer more of this because, you know, the flexibility, the convenience, and frankly, let's face it, also the value of being able to get Premier League football within your prime membership, um, you know, was seen as uh, and is seen as huge value um, for our for our prime members. The machine learning um, aspects that you touched on, you know, and that catch up service is yes. incredible. You know, it's yeah. personalised. So you switch yeah. on, suddenly a kind of bespoke robot director has produced yeah. a package of highlights just for you. How? I mean, does that technology come from deep within the kind of Amazon system or is that, you know, is that a benefit that you can draw on kind of from HQ almost? Well, I mean, Amazon does have a, um, you know, huge resource in terms of its engineering and, and tech. And uh, yes, I'm, it, it's, a, it's a privilege being at the, the, the sort of sharp end in terms of the customer end of being able to draw on that base of resource. Uh, and, and everyone in the company is focused on how to bring that technology to make it useful and enhance the customer experience. So yes, no, we have lots of people working on, on things like machine learning, AI, um, and the whole chain, the, the whole value chain, you know, in terms of both the, the features, the actual delivery of the stream from, from end to end, you know, the encoding, the encryption and, and everything. So, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's wonderful to have that. And it's, it's also a very global resource. So that powers our NFL in the US or, um, you know, for example, our um, baseball in Japan, uh, as well as our football in Europe. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about USPs that Amazon can bring to the coverage of a particular sport, it strikes me that what you've got under the bonnet at Amazon is the real differentiating factor. Like, How do you work with different kind of departments within Amazon to bring something completely different to what you're doing in sport? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's two things in that. One is very much the cultural aspect where everyone in Amazon, whether you're in tech or sales or marketing or wherever, you, you are very customer obsessed. So it's not as if um, all my colleagues in the tech area are not thinking about how this technology is being delivered at the, at the front end to, to, to customers. So culturally, we're all very aligned to that. But I'd also say that in the sport now has become a very big part of what Prime Video is. It's become a pillar, if you like, of, of Prime Video in the territories where we have um, you know, a tentpole sport. And therefore, it's not very hard getting the attention of the, the tech and the operations people to really, you know, help this, uh, the, this part of the service. It's, it's a really important part now of what we offer um, in, in a lot of territories. Fifth season now of the uh, Premier League broadcast, yeah. of course, and you mentioned how that's allowed uh, you and your team to move forward with a lot of confidence. I'm interested in how that's folded into your wider football strategy and how it's differed from, for example, broadcasting the Champions League in Italy or Germany. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it was a really important step uh, along the way to, to proving to ourselves that we could handle the biggest events and we could actually, in some areas, I think, improve on the experience um, in those events. So, you know, the Premier League will, will, will always have that sort of soft spot, if you like, in, in, certainly in my heart and, and, and across the company. 
But yes, I mean, Champions League has been an amazing um, package of rights for us that has clearly worked in Germany and Italy, not least because of the fact we've just renewed those deals. And also we've now, uh, we're looking forward next year to launching our Champions League broadcasting in the UK. Uh, we have a very similar package. It's one top pick game every week that's included in your Prime membership. And so we kind of know how that works. We know the impact um, on our customers, on our Prime members, and also on our business. So um, we're, we're super excited by that. And the Champions League, well, one of the big differences, I guess, versus the Premier League is this is season long. You know, this is a game every match week of the Champions League all the way through to the, to the semifinals. Um, and actually, the new format of the Champions League from next year, I think, will provide even better clashes earlier on um, in the in the group stages, so um, yeah, the Champions League has been a great property. But you know, it's not just those uh, have, having the credibility from, in many ways, from the Premier League to then be able to be entrusted with France's national or you know world tennis tournament Roland Garros. Um, is a rare thing, actually, for that to be given to, if you like, a, a company based from outside of France. It, you know, the, the, the Premier League, I think, very much gave us a lot of that credibility with new federations, not necessarily even offering the same sport, but being able to show that we could handle these things and um, ha has led to now this much more diverse uh, portfolio that we have today. You touched a little bit earlier on latency. Obviously, yeah. a huge question when we talk about streaming yeah. uh, and something that gets maybe criticised Fairly unfairly. Yeah. What would you say to the people who sort of still have that as a big question? And what improvements are being made from yeah. your side to improve latency? Yeah, well, uh, as I hinted, I mean, actually, we, we've made some huge strides on, on latency. And yes, you're right. I mean, I do remember a few years ago, people would, would comment that they'd hear their neighbor down the street, you know, shouting if there was a goal. That's largely becoming neutralized now um, because of this you know, ultra-low latency we're, we're able to offer. The other thing, incidentally, is if you're on an ultra-low latency device, no one's going to get it quicker with you. That's exactly the same time for all those devices. So again, you won't get that even slight um, advantage or, or, or spoiler you know, in, in watching the actions. So, so what qualifies as ultra-low? Uh, below 10 seconds. Okay. Yeah. And actually, that's even quicker than some traditional forms of, of TV distribution through satellite cable, etc. So it really is at least as good now, the, the, the streaming. So yes, no, that's what we've been doing on, on latency. I once watched a football game with a tech journalist who had, he was watching on a big screen in a pub, and then he had four or five different devices open in front of him with different services, and he was writing down different levels of latency and when, uh, you know, when there was buffering and all of this sort of stuff. And it's absolutely mind-boggling that someone can care that much but also that, that you know that someone tracks it like that when you watch uh, Premier League well do you watch you of know? course yeah. of course I watch it yes and how do you watch do you have a little you know are you frantically whatsapping people saying you know the oh you've got the score wrong or you know the production doesn't feel <laughs> quite right or, or, or do you take a step back and just enjoy yeah, uh, yes no enjoy I'm, I'm always there's always a part of me that's really well, wants to uh, stay on it and um, see, see exactly how it's going I mean it's hard when you have so many games on a night then it's got although I'm very tempted to be, I mean, we're showing Man United Chelsea on the same night as five other games. I would typically have gone there, being a, a long-suffering yeah. Man United fan. But um, no, I mean, it's far easier to keep track of everything. So I'll actually either be in our sort of uh, studio operation with, uh, with our partners or, in, or actually watch from home where I've 
I've got at least three devices open. I'll have my big screen, I'll have my laptop, and I'll have my phone as well. But I'll keep flicking uh, across and, uh, yeah, seeing what's going on. Would you describe yourself as a production guy or a tech guy? Like, what are you most sort of picking? Oh, well, that's right. I, really, I'm more of a business guy. I hate to say it. <laughs> so, so you're like, time is money. I, mean, yeah. I hate to say it. That's really my background, to be fair. Um, I mean, I love, don't get me wrong, and, and my production team probably hate the fact that I interfere like I do. But anyway, I love, you know, having a say on the production side and indeed on the tech side. I mean, I think on the tech side, obviously, a lot of the tech is, is kind of beyond my my natural knowledge but i I've, I'm, I've very much been a product guy actually through the years um and w with other companies as well so i feel i do ha i can become a bit obsessive about the customer experience and um and really picking up on on anecdotes as well as data well one of the great things at amazon is we we do have this thing where it's not just data everyone thinks so oh, amazon's very data driven it's not just data it is the anecdotes you hear from your family from your friends from you how are you watching what's going wrong and everything uh, there has to be captured. And, and is that a real problem? Or is that just, you know, a, almost like a personal or an in-home problem? And uh, so I, I feel that very instinctively is really um, sitting with the customer and understanding how those journeys work and how easy are they. How do you process setbacks or, or failure, both personally and then, you know, how do you filter that through professionally? I instinctively become more determined. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely respond perhaps too quickly to sort of say, how do we fix it? How do we get this right the next day? You know, sometimes it's worth taking a little bit more time to, to, to learn from it. But it never, it, never, it never floors me. It never really drags me down into a, in, into a, a low. I, I re it almost gives me energy. It gives me strength, I think. Um, I always think, yeah, that, that was obvious. Of course, we'll do it that way next time. Let's, you know, let's use that. So, and and yeah, we have had setbacks. Certainly, in you know some of the early days when the whole streaming infrastructure, and frankly, when we we knew less about what we were doing, um, and and there were definitely issues, and it was painful. It was painful, you know. Um, uh, but we rapidly improved. Rapidly improved, and I I, I love that. And yeah, it's very much that's how I work as well. Um, we're in the era of uh, Spotify wrapped, you know, Strava recaps, these sort of services that present the year that you've just had, um, you know, using whatever the service it is that you've used. If we were going to do a service like that for you, for the eight years that you've had mm. at Amazon Prime so far, what is in the Alex Green Amazon Prime wrapped? <laughs> Um, I'm not sure it'll be the biggest hit on uh, Spotify or no. TikTok, but it would be for me. I'd, I'd, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Um, the big moments, highs and lows. I mean, certainly, as I say, I think those early days of um, tennis, the US Open, our first US Open tennis was, was difficult. It was very stressful. I was in New York. I was spending part of the first day in the parking lot on my phone, trying to understand what was going on from a tech perspective. Also dealing with the USTA, it was a fabulous partner, by the way, They're very patient with us, but fronting up really for the company to them to explain what was going on back in the UK with uh, their tennis coverage. But, uh, you know, then the, the second year of doing that was, was so much better. And then, it, and things started to improve really generally from there. The Premier League with the following year was, was really a high, high point for me personally um, and for the company. Um, Realised, I remember there was a moment in that middle Wednesday, we had all these games going on, 
and we started to see these comments. Yeah, I really like this. You know, Amazon is showing this, right? You know, and uh, and we started to feel, yeah, we, we're actually this is working. This is working. It's a fabulous feeling. And um, yeah, then then doing some interesting deals. Um, but I think overall, it's been seeing this continual improvement. And the Champions League is probably the best example of that. This continual improvement. I mean, some of these games we show, for example, in Germany. Um, we had over four million households tune into the Man City uh, Bayern game. I mean, the Premier League we had over four million viewers for our the Arsenal Man City game. So we're, we're getting these big, and you can see it growing year after year. So, and you know, if anything, the comments only become more positive. So seeing that that positive momentum is, you know, gives me a great feeling. And what do those periods feel like? Mm. Obviously now in December, yeah. two sort of loads of Premier League games. What's it look like for you, the average day, when everything's in full flow? Has it got harder over the years with more expectation? Has it got <laughs> easier as you sort of become more familiar with the, the way things go? It's become, uh, I, it's wonderful that, whereas before, uh, I, there was a lot of stress because of things I wasn't direct. It, it was hard for me to fully control, like the tech, like the whole streaming uh, infrastructure and stuff so you know that obviously is very stressful uh, and in the early days and that's uh, it's never been totally solved but it's a lot better now it's a lot better now and therefore I think some of the good things that uh, I, I deal with are more around the, the sort of business challenges I mean sports not cheap uh, we have to justify it every time uh, rights have become more expensive particularly for example our Champions League renewals and therefore you know uh, just like with any business um, I, I put myself under pressure to make sure we're delivering what those expensive rights you know need but i think really overall actually what a good day looks like is when i really feel the team where everyone knows what they're doing they're in the zone they're focused and and you can feel that on game day actually when 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 people just know what they're doing and i'm not just talking about in the production side but in tech in, in operations even on our pr our marketing you know we're there's a sense of both knowing what we're doing and a sense of excitement because we're on top of it and i love that feeling and and then it hopefully allows me to say hi to people, to wander around. I mean, I love, there's nothing, it's a great privilege uh, being able to wander pitch side and speak to Thierry Henry or Clarence Seydor for these amazing players and uh, or our partners at UEFA or, um, you know, the French League or in the Premier League. I mean, it's that, that, that's fabulous. And so a good day for me is that it's wandering around when I know everyone's kind of on it and we're going to do a great job. A question about negotiation and how you mm, like mm, to do it. Mm. Um, how do you like to do it? And, and what do you want your counterparts to come with as well? Actually, it, it, this is not about staring down contests or about smoky rooms. or It's really about the work beforehand. It's, it's about knowing where your, your limits are, what can you justify economically, and thinking through what, how, what are the dynamics here? What are other people likely to bid? What do you think they're interested in? What... Uh, how can you read some of the, the, the signs you can see in the press or, or wherever, but really being super clear beforehand. What's your strategy? Where are you willing to go? And, and there's a bit of instinct uh, to it as well. Obviously, the ideal is you want to end up bidding just very slightly more than someone for the exact package you want. And I'm actually happy to say that has, uh, it doesn't always happen, but it's happened in, a, in quite a few cases for us. Mm. Surely the ideal is if you bid slightly lower than others and the right sort of opts to give it to you anyway because you're such a great Well, partner. yes. I, I think, to be fair, that possibly um, applied more first time around for Amazon because everyone loved the idea of Amazon now entering and maybe we can find a way 
But uh, no, I mean, in reality, we're, we're now, we're, we're part of the scene now. And of course, you know, and if I was a sports uh, rights body, you know, I, I would want to get the maximum revenue as long as the person bidding, you know, was able to do a good job. And I, yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked um, earlier about the kind of ramp into rights acquisition, starting yeah. off as a channels business and then, well, yeah. why don't we go? Yeah. The opportunities come up, let's go for them. Yeah. Now you're an established broadcaster in lots of different sports broadcaster in lots of different markets around yeah. the world. How are you building your rights portfolio now? What yeah. buttons do you need to press before you decide to go for a bid? And how are you sort of, is it the same ROI you're putting on all different kind of rights packages that you have? Well, we, we are, the, the, the quick answer is we're very, very selective. So there are lots of hoops things n need to go through. There is a bit of a misconception that, you know, Amazon has unlimited resources and of course could bid for whatever. But no, you, the, the properties have to pass a whole series of tests um, in terms of availability and how do we think this would work with our Prime membership? Can we fit it economically into Prime in that country? Is Prime in that country more in a growth phase or is it in a stable phase, but we need a way to engage um, members and, and, and improve retention, for example. So um, whilst there's a, there's a basket of metrics that um, we do use across different territories, the relative importance of those does vary and it depends on where, where Prime and where, where Amazon is there. And yes, and then of course it's the, the sport itself. And, and do we think, actually, frankly, we can do um, at least as good, if not a better job than uh, viewers are already getting. And, and we always set ourselves that bar. You know, we really want to improve. We don't want to just do, oh, well, let's take over the rights and we'll do the same job. We always want to push and, and do a better job. So it means we are, we, you know, we're very selective. I do spend, I say this to people, I spend most of my time saying no to things, sadly. I'd love to, you know, do more and more. But in reality, we, we have to be selective. And, um, you, you know, certainly having a big, anchor sport in, in a territory we've seen does, does great things for, for our service and actually also then allows us to offer more and more selection through these third party partners as well. You know, the, an exclusive sport can, can bring uh, viewers in and then they can explore, oh, you also have this channel and that channel and that's a really nice way for us to offer this selection but without having to try and fit everything into the, the prime membership. Rights values are rising at the top yeah. stalling along the middle and, and dropping off elsewhere. What would you say your top line view is on the direction of travel for traditional sports right media? It, it, it has grown, obviously, over the last, um, well, decade or more uh, overall. But yes, I think you've seen, certainly in a lot of the domestic football leagues um, that, that I know well, you have seen a certain sort of flattening off or, or plateauing. Um, I mean, the Champions League property, and again, credit to UEFA actually in coming up with their new format, has had this, this uh, additional lift, um, you know, and uh, it's a super, super, super competition. Uh, it really is. So I think the top tier properties will always carry that premium level. And I don't think you'll see, you know, a sort of crash in, in, in value there. But um, we all know, all the broadcasters uh, and, and other sorts of services know that it's the top tier properties that are the ones that, that really change behavior. And so there's, there's high competition for them. Um, and I think there are some interesting newer models for some of the more niche sports. That, and, and a lot of the challenge there is how can you um, manage the production in a very cost efficient way? So things like using AI to be able to 
um, you, you know, uh, cover matches with an unmanned camera. Say, I, I've seen this in operation for sort of low leagues, and I think that's super interesting. And then maybe having more of an advertising or even a sponsorship-driven service. Um, that uh, so that's a world away from you know top-tier rights driving a whole bundle of, um, of of products. So I think you will get this this increasing spectrum actually of of business models. It won't be you're either in a a sports pay TV bundle or you're a free-to-air service. I think there will be this, this range now of, of commercial models. But yeah, I think where, you know, where, where we're focused at the moment certainly is uh, you know, some of those big uh, tentpole rights, which you know, we know drive. And you know, Prime is a big service in, in these territories. We need the sorts of properties that cut through and resonate with a high proportion of, of that base. We're, we're a very broad-based service, and therefore we do need those wide um, you know, nationally interested um, uh, sports. One of the bits we always come back to when we talk about sports broadcast or sports content more broadly is consumption habits, especially yeah. uh, amongst Generation Z and Generation Alpha. How at Prime Video are you seeing the landscape change and how are you positioned to sort of take advantage or, or capitalise yeah. on how it's changing? Yeah, I mean, I think there's, um, I think what's definitely changed, and actually I'm, I'm proud of some of the things we've done in this regard, is the wider story around these sports, the personalities, the, um, you know, the backstories, the behind the scenes coverage, either on social media or on documentaries, um, you know, like our All or Nothing series. So some of the feature movies we, we've uh, offered, like our new one on Ronnie O'Sullivan, which is, which is great. Wayne Rooney, Ben Stokes, you know. So there, there's, I think there's much more interest in the wider story around these, these live events. That is, that a lot of it has been driven by younger, younger demographics, even though actually you see the popularity of some of these shows, it, it extends uh, across the age range. But I think now you do have to, uh, in order to resonate with those younger groups, you have to offer some of that, that wider story and, and also really use social media, obviously, you know, clips, funny moments. Um, you know, we, we use influence, social media influencers at most of our big events. They're able to capture those unique things that you, you just don't see in a, in a sort of classic lean back broadcast way. And that's super important for, for those generations. What I don't really, I, a lot of people say, well, is long form sport just gonna die or do formats have to die? I'm, I'm not convinced by that. I think what is true is that you know there's definitely more multitasking while the long form sports on you know people be on their phones of course uh, but you know people still love that the story of a great premier league match or or even dare I say a test match over four or five days there's still amazing sport there that you can get wrapped up in but at the same time there's a whole bunch of other stuff going on around that live you know uh, covered event that um, I think you increasingly have to participate in as a as a broadcaster one final question alex what do you want to achieve next year next year yeah one big thing professionally one big thing personally oh well look professionally i think probably the biggest thing happening in my world will be the launch of our champions league service in the uk so that um i want to launch well uh, i want people to say wow that is uh, we are so thrilled that those games are on amazon personally what do i want to achieve I'd love to be able to catch a proper green wave when I'm surfing, not just the, the white stuff. So, Okay, well, yeah, your wish is my command. <laughs> thank uh, you. Alex Green, thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. Thanks.